Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. That's right, folks. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. And here we are in quarantine in the City of Angels and the Big Apple in New York. And we've got our, our well, I've got my mask on anyway. <laughs> First of all, I will take off my mask because I don't think I'm going to contaminate anyone here in my microphone. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruber, at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 21 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, HealthyLife.net, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, MixCloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, Owl's Tale, U-Book, CastBox, and, of course, CaregiverDave.com. And we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com, as well as number three podcast out of thousands of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And we do have an exciting show planned for you today, and Adrian will say yes to that, won't she? Yes, she will. <laughs> See, she knows. Carol Edmonston, um, an author, speaker, pioneer in teaching how the creativity of doodling improves the quality of life through weaving a connection between mind, body, and spirit. She became an author and speaker by accident. All it took was one suspicious mammogram over 20 years ago, and her world changed forever. Carol has conquered breast cancer, not once, but twice. Her story has been featured in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, profiled in the New York Times. She's authored three books, including the latest one, The Healing Power of Doodling, Mindfulness <laughs> Therapy to Deal with Fear, Anxiety, and Life Challenges, which was just released and is rated number one newly released books on Amazon Nursing Oncology. Congratulations. But before we get started, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Elizabeth Trinkos, Trinkos. <laughs> She's a master life coach and founder and president of Pinnacle View. Just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 21 global networks that I mentioned earlier, including iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, YouTube, etc. All right, enough of that. Welcome to the show, Carol. So excited to have you on. Well, thank you. It's, I'm delighted to be with you. And it's our delight. Why don't you take a moment and just tell us who is Carol Edmonston and why were you put on this earth? What a fabulous question to start off. Well, it's, thank it's you. taken me pretty much, I would <laughs> say, most of my entire life to figure out who I am. <laughs> well, that's why I asked you because I know you figured it out finally. Well, we're, we're getting there. You know, uh, the, the outer mm. Carol. Uh, you know, started off getting a degree as a physical therapist in the world long ago and seemed to, you know, get reinvented by life about every every 10 years or so involved in different projects here and there. Many years ago, I, I was 
coordinating Nancy Reagan's drug program for children, oh, wow. Just Say No Club mm -hmm. program in Orange County. And then mm -hmm. when that started to come to an end, and I wondered, well, what am I going to do next? Then the universe, <laughs> that's when the universe decided, well, we have one. We have an opportunity for you to grow and to expand as a person. So that's when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And my life has never been the same. And in some odd way, you hear this from people who have gone through some medical challenges. I, I'm better off for it. I, I have really can answer your question and say who I am on the inside is truly I'm an I've, I've become an advocate, you know, of the spirit, really mm. wanting to just help people really kind of tap into their own inner world where they can really discover who they really are, the essence of who they are. But every once in a while, another project comes into my world that that uh, I go down another path. But they all are connected because they're all about, you know, bringing people together, you know, on the outside and trying to bring their outer worlds and inner worlds together. Hmm. Well, that's great. You know, I, I went through something similar when I became a caregiver. Kind of life just took a detour and says, oh, this is what you need. And I'm sure that happened with Adrian as well. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, our caregiver audience are burned out caregivers mostly because most caregivers are burned out. Uh, some believe as high as 90% of caregivers are burned out. AARP says 41%, but they don't know. <laughs> And uh, if you're burned out, obviously you have a compromised immune system. And with coronavirus going around, uh, that makes you high risk. So, you know, I've been doing uh, segments all over the country via Skype now. I don't even have to leave my home. Isn't that cool? And I'm just sharing tips on how caregivers can not be burned out so that they can boost their immune system and improve it and so that they won't be such a high risk. But... Uh, Obviously, we're t when I met you at, in New York, when Adrian and I met you, we talked about how doodling can help burned-out caregivers. And I think we all came to the con conclusion, anything that will uh, get their mind off of, you know, the, the problems that they're going through, and, and you're saying that doodling will, and we'll get into that, um, that's why you're on the show. So... You are a two-time uh, breast cancer survivor and a part-time doodler. Oh, only a part-time doodler. <laughs> the one, <laughs> one is as, the one is as serious as life can get, and the other sounds totally frivolous. And what's the connection? Because you just recently took ownership of that uh, title, the doodle lady, didn't you? <clears throat> you know, I did. Um... You know, as I mentioned, I I was a physical therapist, so to me, that was doing something that in title sounded so significant. So I stumbled into doodling just quite by accident when I was nervously waiting in a doctor's office for test results. And, um, you know, just to pass the time without worrying so much about what the doctor was gonna say, I, I asked the nurse for a piece of paper and a pen, went back to my seat and just aimlessly starting started to doodle, just squiggles, you know, that made no sense. but. I got so lost in what I was doing, and when I ended up leaving that doctor's office that day, I realized, you know, this helped pass the time away. So I continued to to do that um, just to pass pass the time. And and when I was going through the breast cancer, which you know is a very stressful time, um, as you can imagine, 
I realized that the doodling was just really helping my spirit rest and recover and kind of regroup. Um, so it became a profound spiritual practice for me because I spent years, nearly 30 years now, studying meditation and a student of meditation. And so I was really beginning to appreciate what meditation had to offer. And I began to see the similarity between doodling and meditation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to go to a center and sit quietly and you know, just close your eyes and, and, you know, chant a mantra to yourself. But the doodling mm -hmm. took me into that same quiet space. And so yeah. that's really how it got started. Really? You know, what do you say to those people who uh, are ridden with guilt that they just can't do anything as frivolous as doodling, that if they were waiting in the doctor's office, they would be going over their to-do list so that they can be productive and maybe even do uh, two or three furs, you know. But you're saying that this is more like therapy. It's like putting the phone away or, or, you know, just closing your mind off of everything that you have to do and just really thinking of nothing and kind of recharging your batteries or regrouping or, or just trying to get focus or mindfulness. Isn't that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, whether you're a caregiver or whether you're somebody going through their own challenge, whatever it may be, what I've discovered is that the greatest gift that we have to offer one another and ourselves is our state of being, how we show up in every moment. And if mm. we're just filled with all this inner stress and anxiety, it's going to be very, it's going to be quite a bit more challenging to be able to find that peace and that, that, that sweet spot within us, because that's where actually we can discover, you know, the courage and the strength and, and, and the wisdom that we have to, to walk through those challenging times. I was the first person who thought I lost my mind that something <laughs> so simple as doodling could actually help me go through something as frightening as cancer. Um, it's still a practice that I, I, I adhere to 30 years later, actually, and um, it's surprising. The lessons still, they, they still, they keep showing me that how we show up in every moment is, is the most important thing we can do. Mm. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, and so I'm always thinking of ways to start a new business or start something that nobody has done before, and... and um, I'm I'm reminded that here you are in the doctor's office doing something as frivolous as doodling, and look at you. You've turned it kind of into a business. You've written a book about it. You uh, are are speaking on uh, radio and maybe TV about it. Uh, that is that is very clever. I mean, that puts all of the uh, people who are uh, unemployed or, or laid off of work and and so, well, now what am I going to do, you know, besides collect unemployment? I said, well, start a business in your garage. I always tell caregivers, you know, uh, while mom, while grandma's sleeping or mom is, uh, yeah. you know, uh, at the doctor's office, uh, start a computer business or something. And, well, what can I do, you know? And here you are, you you know, you're doodling. That's just proof that you can take some, something that's that just seems crazy and, uh, you know, unproductive, whatever other word you want to throw in there, and you can start a business out of it. Amazing. Congratulations. You know, I tell you, I never thought that I would be going down that path, but, <clears throat> you know, as I said, I've been a student of meditation for since 1988, and one of the most powerful teachings that guided me 
has been about the power of the moment, the present moment, the importance of letting go of what was and what's yet to come, and just to mm. settle in that sweet spot. Because when I got lost in the doodling while I was going through treatment for cancer, I couldn't believe how peaceful and calm I felt. And it oh. just really surprised me. And having been diagnosed exactly two years later with the second diagnosis, it took me even deeper because I started looking at the doodles and I was wondering, well, what are they trying to teach me? So I'm a detective. I, I want to know what's underneath yeah. it all. And, and that's when it, the light bulbs just went off for me. It's like, oh, my goodness. When you, when you look at, you know, what a piece of art might look like. Are you going to show us your doodle? I want to see well, one of your doodles. I'll, I'll just show one. But when you, when you That's a doodle? Them, <laughs> mm -hmm. That's well, a work of art. That's not a doodle. <laughs> they, they, they do start out, you know, just make a little outline and you could fill them in however you want. Oh, my. Um, but, wow. but when I started, when I started to look at one, I started looking, well, maybe, maybe this one part over here was a happy event, like when I got married. And maybe this part over here was something a little more challenging. Maybe when I got diagnosed with cancer, I started looking at all the different parts. And I wondered, it's like, well, maybe, maybe we really need to have all these different challenges and adventures in our life. Because when we step back and look at the big picture, we really have created a masterpiece. And so, yeah. you know, my advice to people is don't don't let any one part of your life totally define you. It could be a little challenging now, but down the road, you know, you'll you'll with every beginning, you'll have an end and a new beginning. Um, yeah. Well, I have to admit, your doodles are a little intimidating. I mean, do you have to be artistic <laughs> to be a doodler? Because I used to doodle Here's a lot, this, and this and for whatever artist. reason, I don't do it anymore. And I think I should try it again. Now that's interesting. What is that? Now, this it's is upside children. down. Oh, no, it's not upside down. Well, no, you know what I tell the children? One day you might <laughs> like it one way and Monday, you know, one day you might like it another way. Right. But, but I tell the <laughs> children and, and that's another stressed out demographic that we are all artists. We all have the ability to create, yeah. you know, masterpieces in our life. If we just let go of how something should be and turn out, that was that was my biggest challenge for me going through cancer you worry about well what if i die what if my son loses his mother my husband his wife but then you just you just have to learn to really stay in the moment and trust that everything you need to move on to the next moment you'll be given yeah adrian do when, you doodle uh do i doodle yeah um professionally yeah <laughs> you know i'm an artist <laughs> well you're an artist but yeah but like when you're talking on the phone are you just like oh i do yeah of course i do but i was i was gonna ask carol if she has a favorite doodle it, i mean did they start as <laughs> elaborate favorite, yeah. as the one that you showed us or were they very simple when you started you know, I guess there is some artist in me innately. So um, I mine pretty much look very similar. Um, I think after a while, a person could look at a whole bunch of them and recognize, you know, a, a style yeah. and pattern for, for me. Um, but there is absolutely no right or wrong way to do it. And, and I think, no. you know, the, the children 
the children are the ones who actually taught me how to do this in color. I was so afraid as a recovering perfectionist that if I started with green, what color goes next to it? What if it doesn't look good? So I was in a first and second grade classroom and taught the children how to, to doodle and they were using these Astro Bright gel pens. And when I, when I went around the room and, and I saw how some of them looked, I thought, my goodness, they, they look Fantastic. like stained glass. I mean, they're beautiful. And this was seven-year-old children. So yeah. um, I don't, there is absolutely no right or wrong way. It's about just giving yourself permission to show up in the moment and let go of what you think something should look like and um, but, trust. To me, that's key is if you're going to doodle as, as therapy, don't worry about what's going to come out. I mean, because if you're worried and you're being the perfectionist, as you said, it really stresses you out instead of freeing you and, and helping you just sit there. I mean, I would sit in the waiting room uh, when we were waiting for my husband's chemo and radiation. Oh, God. Would they, or, or if I was sitting there waiting during surgery. Um, and yes, sometimes I would doodle, sometimes I would draw, sometimes I would knit, but they were all these seemingly mindless things that did become meditative. And that, you, and that, if I was worried about how it turned out, because I do that a lot, I worry as an artist about how it's going to turn out. And I too was afraid of color. I mean, I, I, I made my living designing logos, and a logo has to work in black and white. Right. And trying to put it into color, I was very intimidated by color. So I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, it took me two, two years to, to do that. But you know, when I, when I show people how to doodle, and mind you, I'm left-handed, so I have the pen in my other hand, but I don't, okay. want you, I don't want you to draw a tree or anything you can imagine. I want you just to, you know, in, in a short amount of time, just make a squiggle that makes no sense. And then go back and have fun and fill it in. And yeah. let the magic, just let it, you know. It became so powerful because I did not know going through cancer twice, you worry about, are you going to be okay in the end? Yeah. And we could worry about the COVID-19 right now. Are we going to all be okay in the end? But your state of being and how you show up right now today, you know, is going to help define the tomorrow. Okay. So when I did the outlines, it was, you know, it, it just taught me what faith and trust in the creative process was all about. And then I realized I really didn't know what faith and trust were about in life. So, you know, there, there are handwriting experts that can tell you your personality by the way you handwrite. And sure. I'm sure there are experts that will tell you about your personality by the way you doodle. So while you were talking, I was just doodling. Uh, <laughs> and my doodle looks nothing like your doodle, but uh, I'll show it to you because maybe it will be less intimidating to other people. Can you see that? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that's a fine doodle. That's beautiful. Right? What does that say about me, right, versus what your doodles and what it says about you versus Adrian's doodles and what it says about her? Well, I'll tell you something. Some more analytical versus, you yeah. know. You know, I'll tell you an interesting story about that because um, – I was always curious. Well, I was discovering for myself what it was teaching me about me. 
but I was curious what a professional would have to say. And yeah. you're in Southern California. There years ago was uh, uh, KBC Talk Radio host David Viscott, who he would call in, and in two minutes he he could listen and know exactly what your problem was. Him. And so he had done an event for me one day, and so I wanted to give him something and thanks. And so I was in his office, and I took my doodle book with me, and I was just curious what he could see in my doodles. And and so he looked through all of my art, and he looked at me, and he said you really like your beginnings, middles, and ends tied together. And mm. I was astounded because I had discovered that about myself. That's why the breast cancer plopped me right into an unknown middle. And, and right. I was learning how to trust the, the end without, and for him to see that in my art, I, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what mine yeah. means. What's your unprofessional what opinion, girls? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just I was thinking something. about how how many people have gotten into coloring as a mindless kind of thing and it's it, it may be very satisfying but there's something about creating the, the doodle by yourself. There's exactly. a big big difference. And it, uh, I yeah. appreciate I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, my wife it, found, found an app. My wife found an app where it's an outline of a picture, a very nice picture, and it tells you what color to, and, and when she's done, it's like a work of art, and she's, she's just doing it for hours and hours on end, yeah. and she's showing me all these pictures that she painted, because it's just paint by color, I guess, you know. She's well, that's fun. how I, I grew up, is, <clears throat> uh, you know, the paint by, num paint by number. Absolutely. I love paint by numbers. And, it, and she's, yeah. you can do it online now. But you know what? I tell you, you, you just you know, click I, a button, and the whole a whole section gets the color. You know? the color. But there's something to be said about discovering your own innate creativity mm. because we all right. have it. So for you to create your own outline and then go back and fill it mm. in, you you know, there's just something very rewarding about that, as opposed to following someone else's directions on putting in a color here and a color there. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life, and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today, or buy one for your special caregiver, on sale everywhere, and at caregiverdave.com. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show with my host, Adrian Gruberg, and Carol Edmonston, my guest. And we're talking about doodling. She's the doodle lady, so she should know. And... Um, 
<laughs> Did I interrupt you uh, during the break? Were you saying something, or should I move on to the next question? Let's move <laughs> on. Yes, it's always when in doubt, move on. <laughs> so you talk about how to tap into your faith and courage and discover what trust is all about. Is that what doodling is all about? You know, for me, that's absolutely why it came into my life and became such a powerful spiritual vehicle. Um, I really did love and felt safer in the world when I could know what the beginning, mm. middle, and end were all about. Mm -hmm. You know, for years I had coordinated Nancy Reagan's drug program and created some events for her. So I was very good about putting an event together because I, I knew from the beginning to the end how everything would be. You know, there was no worrying about it. But when cancer came into my life, it, it really threw me into an unknown middle. And I needed to discover and have that sense of, of strength and, and faith without knowing how things would turn out. And the more I doodled, I was astounded. Like, where did all this creativity come from? How could I be creating pretty art when I just like paint by the number? So honestly, since 1995, when I was first diagnosed, the same lesson has walked with me, you know, to this day, just teaching me about letting go of trying to figure things out. Yeah, trying to figure things out. Don't we all struggle with that? We all want to know. We all want control of our lives. And, control. And that's why this, this coronavirus thing is throwing so many people for a loop because uh, you know, I'm a pretty stable person. I like to think of myself, but you know, my gas station sales are down 50%. I had to lay off uh, a lot of uh, employees on their hours. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, two of them got laid off. The rest of them got hours cut. We had to cut down one of the shifts on graveyard. It's just so slow. People aren't driving around, but they're going to Home Depot and they're going to uh, takeout restaurants, <laughs> the Mexican <laughs> restaurant behind me, uh, man, there's always a line. People you know, go into their car and they, they're delivering and, and, um, and the, the drug stores are very busy, but I guess, uh, my gas station is for people who are traveling on vacation, you know, cause we're in a resort spot. So yeah, it's thrown us all for a loop. Some people can't buy toilet paper. What do you do about that? You know, what does toilet paper have to do with the virus? I don't know. Can't figure that one out. But uh, if 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 someone doesn't have any artistic talents, can kids benefit from doodling as well? Because a lot of kids, you know, we don't know if they have artistic talents. So you give them a piece oh. of paper and a pen, and you find out. <laughs> they, they they are innately creative. That that is just for sure. And they're also such a stressed out demographic that they really need to have a fun little tool that will help them uh, with yeah, these days with yeah. school, but especially right right now. What I love about the doodling, it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, this can be done with your parents. As kids, they could do it with their parents, their grandparents, of course, staying six feet away from one another. But um, <laughs> I would never be any person that would say I had any artistic talent except for, you know, being DNA connected to my late uncle, Sid Hoff, who was one of the great, you know, New Yorker cartoonists and children's authors. Oh. So the creativity came through that way, but um, sure. kids are fun to work with, you know, with the doodling. I mean, and I, I will you... go ahead. Go. No, I, I um, just... <laughs> I, I, it, <laughs> when 
I leave my been... when I leave my primary physician's office, I pass <clears throat> I pass a children's school that that always exhibits <clears throat> always exhibits their art uh, outside on the sidewalk. It's it's a very proper building, but they still have. <clears throat> these 18 by 24 sheets of the kids' paintings. And they are, I just take pictures of them because they are so refreshing and and so uninhibited. <clears throat> they're, they're wonderful. Kids are great with this stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's you know, why Picasso is so famous oh, because he paints like a kid. <laughs> you know, he didn't always. Ago, years really? ago, I came to New York to a school <clears throat> in Harlem and connected those kids at that school mm. with the kids in my own neighborhood, and they were doodling pen pals, sending their doodles <laughs> and, and messages back and forth, which that's you know, was great. Yeah. And you know, I would go so far as to say that I think that doodling can even prevent suicide. Is that too crazy? Oh, I'm certainly not a therapist, uh, um, but but I will tell you, you know, can't hurt, right? It, it, if you want to, you know, it, it's a great little pastime if you want to keep it on a superficial level. But if you really want to look at it and 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 try and discover what it might be teaching you about yourself to help you become, you know, more empowered and discover. You know, when we quiet our minds in meditation, we're really able to to stay, you know, venture into that sacred space within, and we can learn a lot about ourselves. For me, doodling became that, and um, I really yeah. discovered so much about myself through this art form. You know, I, I would assume that there are some people out there who have very dark, depressing, frightening doodles. You know, because basically, it's whatever's going on in their in their head. Uh, yeah, especially someone who is depressed, who has thought about suicide. Um, that's why I, I think they're very revealing um, to a doctor or professional to, you know, like he nailed you. Um, yeah. I, 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 you've definitely talked me into doodling more because I'm kind of <laughs> curious as to what's going to come out of me, Ben, if it's the same doodles that I did, you know, when I was a teenager or when I was in grade school or whatever, you know. Can I offer you this? When when you when yes. you do it, um, <clears throat> I want you just to begin and end your outline at the same point. Don't lift the pen off the paper and just do the outline oh. from the time maybe it takes to breathe in and breathe out. You'll end up with a squiggle that makes no sense, but it's kind of reflective of that moment in time, you know. Um, so it's not going to be an a tree of building or anything you can visualize or a geometric shape yeah just i mean really it's like if you took your finger on the shower door when it was all steamy and just made a squiggle yeah. um that and i'm sure that means something when someone likes angles and another person likes circles and and waves men, you know? men tend to like angles more well, I'll tell you, when I started it, I was doing, when I go back and look at the doodles from years ago, more of them were, I'm very left brain, more of them were absolutely angled and they've softened up over the years and they're more curves now. Mm -hmm. But what I always say is, That means yes, you're more balanced people, now. Well, some people would absolutely benefit from, from working with a therapist. Mm. I, in when I teach this, I just want to give you an opportunity to discover 
you know, a tool that can really help quiet your mind and, and help you to let go of a lot of that outer stress mm. and anxiety because you're so worrying about the next moment in time. Uh, I also think it's letting, just letting go. If you're going to doodle, uh, it's not, not to try and define where you're going with it and just right. let it happen. If you want to challenge yourself even more, put the pen in your non-dominant hand and create an outline. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm, Interesting. <laughs> wow. But you know what's, what's wonderful? It, it, you can do it anywhere. It costs pennies a day. You just need paper and, and a pen. And, you know, uh, obviously not when you're driving and you're supposed to be home now anyway. <laughs> But uh, I never go anywhere without without a, my doodle book. I once had a whole list of to-do lists and <clears throat> was out in the world. And the first stop, I went in to deliver something, got back into my car, and there was a flat tire. So I had to sit there for about a half an hour before the auto club came. And I don't like to wait. And I thought, <laughs> this is crazy. I need to do something to chill out a little bit. <clears throat> and so I picked up my pen and paper and, and doodled. And I didn't even not, I did not even call the auto club back. Maybe just once to find out where they want. <laughs> now, do you ever throw away your doodles or you always save them? I've never thrown any away. Uh, when I did my first book, Connections, The Sacred Journey Between Two Points, each page had a piece of art. And I actually put one piece of art, one doodle in there that I thought was not perfect, just to remind myself that there is no such thing as an imperfect doodle. Uh, but I kept it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't even imagine not throwing away doodles. They would, there would be so many over a lifetime. Well, I keep um, just those spiral-bound plain books you can get at any ah. art supply store, and I, I keep them there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's easier than doing them on scrap pieces of paper or a napkin and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It is because I, I think, you know, it, it's good. And I always tell the children to, to sign their name and put a date on it on the back. So, you know, they huh. can look back at it, you know, later on. Right. Challenge See where they were to me. at a time yeah. in their lives. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very introspective. So let's talk about uh, caregivers and being burned out and how doodling. What's the scientific thing that goes on that can help relieve the stress from a rough day of caregiving, uh, telling well, you know, there, caregivers there's, to doodle. Yeah, there have been a number of studies, you know, on, on doodling and, and on art. Um, there was a, a major one in 2009 that talked about how it can increase focus, you know, uh, by 29%. Um, they were given, people were given a, a, a message to listen to, just a voicemail message, and then to be able to recall it. And they found that those that, that doodled had a, you know, 29% higher rate of, of recall. Um, really? Interesting. But, but you know, doodling like that. meditation um, has such healing properties. You know, it, it can just increase, you know, the blood flow to the, you know, part of the brain, mm. which helps you know, decrease the amount of stress hormones, the cortisol, um, helps, you know, yeah. reduce inflammation. Um, it's almost like we're painting a picture, and that's got to be a very relaxing thing, you know, as an artist. My wife, you know, she has aphasia. She cannot speak. She knows about 12 words that she can remember when she wants something. 
and life is just uh, Pictionary and charades. And I'm going to challenge her to doodle because I know <laughs> she she did it even before her stroke. She would doodle. Everyone doodles. Everyone has a doodle. It's like a like a fingerprint. You know who who did that doodle? I remember my uncle, uh, who's not with us anymore, but. Um, Every time, you know, he would leave, uh, he had a gas station too, and every time he would, uh, we would have these big calendars on the desk, you know, these big huge ones, and his doodles were like all over it, and, and then when the month was gone, you'd throw that away, and we knew that he was sitting down, because we would see his doodles, you know, as he was talking on the phone, <laughs> right, right. like, okay, Victor has been here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try uh, to get Charlene to do that, that would be interesting. You know, with the caregivers, though, the, the important thing for them is to appreciate that the greatest gift that they have to offer those that they care for is their own state of being and how they show up in every moment. So, you know, I used to, I, I my parents lived in L.A. proper, you know, and I'm like 35 miles, 35 miles away, which in L.A. traffic could take up to an hour and a half sometimes to get there. We did have caregivers in the home 24 hours a day. Uh, but dealing with L.A. traffic, you know, you, I could show up at my parents' front door and be so rattled by the traffic, I, I knew never to go in before I knocked on that door without kind of bringing myself back to a quiet, more centered space. So I would sit there and, you know, the m most powerful gift we all have is our breath, you know. And so to sit there and just take a, a deep breath in and a long breath out before you go into, you know, the client that you're there to be a caregiver for. I even learned that before I pick up a telephone, you know, because I never knew what I was going to get on the other end with my father because he used to think that the way he could cure my mother's dementia was to take her chocolate bars away, which were filled, <laughs> which were filled in the vegetable bin of the refrigerator. And I get the call, you know, do something about your mother. I said, what did you do? I took the chocolate away. I said, the chocolate's not causing the dementia. The <laughs> <clears throat> My gosh. <laughs> Them <Yeah>. fighting words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, let's take another break. We will be right back, so don't go away. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships is about Charlene, a stroke survivor. Back in 1996, Charlene was a healthy, normal, very active 52-year-old woman whose amazing talents resemble that of both a Martha Stewart and a Wonder Woman. But all that changed when she suffered a massive stroke that left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. Who am I? My name is David. I've had the privilege of being Charlene's husband since 1975. We had a wonderful, fairy tale, storybook-like courtship that culminated in our marriage a year later. Charlene had just come out of a marriage where after 10 years, she received two black eyes and a broken nose by her former husband when he came home high on speed. Charlene believed in no second chances of any kind for abuse, so she left. Finding herself all alone in the world with her five and 10 year old daughters, Cynthia Lorraine and Deborah Lynn, she started raising them by herself for the next two years. Then fate brought us all together. After falling in love with Charlene, Cindy, and Debbie, our love then produced Rebecca Elizabeth. We had a wonderful, normal life for the next 20 years. But today, things are very different for everyone. How about the reaction of nine-time Grammy and Dove Award recipient, 
the godfather of contemporary gospel Christian music, Andre Crouch. Charlene just won't let the promises of God go, and she has not let her circumstances get in the way of her faith. She's not just a survivor, she's more than a conqueror, as the Bible states. You'll be encouraged by her testimony, regardless of what you're going through. Available everywhere. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani. We're with Adrian Gruberg, my co-host, and our wonderful guest, the Doodle Lady, Carol Edmonston. And uh, I, I'm just getting excited as I think about <laughs> making my wife do. No, I can't make my wife do anything. I can suggest. <laughs> maybe she will, and maybe she won't. But I'll just show her my work of art here. Maybe that will encourage her. <laughs> um so you have an interesting perspective that not all caregiving uh, is for others. What do you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, mm. primary role of the caregiver is to, number one, caregive <clears throat> to themselves, to really look at how they're taking care of themselves and what they are bringing, you know, to the table when they are with other people. Um, are they taking the time, you know, to nourish their spirit? Um are they yeah. taking the time to acknowledge <clears throat> what stress or anxiety or, or fear they have about circumstances in their own lives or maybe, you know, the challenges they may have in working with the person that they're there to be a caregiver for? Yeah, that's so true. Self-care is more important than caring for the other, just like the airlines tell you about the oxygen mask and Bible says uh, love others the way you love yourself. Well, Gosh, how are you going to love anybody else if you're not loving yourself first? You know, put your needs first. And that's really what makes 30% of caregivers actually die before their loved ones do because they're just not following those rules. Um, so let's talk about your new book, uh, The Healing Power of Doodling. It's full of your own sacred doodle art <laughs> and other things. Uh, what are they and why did you write the book? <clears throat> I've had it on my on the back burner for oh. for a number of years. I, I kind of felt like since 1995, I've been down this path, you know, um, since the breast cancer. <clears throat> and there's a lot I've learned about myself along the way, and there's a lot of wisdom gained. And the art actually taught me so much that I, I wanted to put out another book that could encompass the the 20-year journey, 20-year-plus journey. Um, so it, it was an interesting process. Um, you know, when I did my first book, it's like, well, I didn't know anything about self-publishing a book. What did I know? I was a physical therapist, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, well, what, how do you do this? So my mind, I watched how it always jumped to trying to figure out the end result. And and so with that book, you know, I, I just learned how to just chill out and, and put page by page together. This book, you know, I kind of let go of that need to have mm. the end figured out ahead of time. I, I just kind of gave myself permission mm. to let's just see in every moment what I'm inspired to do and put in the book. So that's kind of how it got started. And um, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. I've, I've put a lot of blank pages in there for, for you to doodle yourself. I put contemplation so you can think <clears throat> about you know, touch into your own inner world and see where you're at, you know, what challenges or what stress levels you might have. So I feel it's a much more complete book. I hope others feel the same <laughs> way. 
How fun. Good for you. So um, how can our audience get in touch with you or buy the book or ask questions or uh, do you give doodle lessons? There's an idea. <laughs> you know, I love I love sharing this with the public. I love the speaking. Mm. Um, and I'm going to have to now reinvent myself and figure out how we do this, you know, um, in, in the world of YouTube, mm. uh, of, you know, Skype and and Zoom and all those uh ways of doing presentations without being in the same room with people mm -hmm. so we all stay healthy. I just created a brand new mm. website called thedoodlelady.com, which has a lot of information on it. And uh, the book, yep, it's up on Amazon as of a few days ago. So I'm excited about that. So people can go right to Amazon and purchase the book. And absolutely, the contact for me, info at the Doodle Lady, I'd love to hear from people uh, how they're doing with it. Is that self-published? Pardon me? Is that self-published, the book? Yes, with, with help some, from some, you know, coaches along the way. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, the taskmasters that when you feel like you're in over your head, they keep sure. telling you to go forward. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm trying to birth my, my fourth book, um, Dave's Hammock Wisdom, and uh, it is so hard. This one, I think, might be the hardest one I've ever done because I've taken my my audio five minutes of Dave's hammock wisdom videos and transcribed them. And um, you know, it's just not the same thing. You can't just put on paper what you speak in words. It has to be different. And and um, it's a long birth. Let's just say that. And, <laughs> And just when you think you got it, you decide to go in a different direction. And uh, I keep giving deadlines, and uh, they keep getting extended. I think my newest deadline now is the summer of this year. So we'll okay. see about that. And then the coronavirus comes and, and throws my well, deadlines. Well, you know, exactly. I mean, that's what's good about working with a the coach. They, give, they gave me the deadline. I agreed, and, and then they held me to it. Um, but but it is for me. It's always been a hard thing to market your own body mm. of work. I've spent. I put this on the back burner for a number of years because, as I said, my my late uncle Sid Hoff was one of the famed New Yorker cartoonists and children's mm. authors. And it's like mm. I created a whole website, a museum website in in his name. And it's so much easier to do something for someone else than it is for yourself. So. Um, so I'm assuming you were uh, feeling a lot of intimidation. That oh I'm not as good as him. Well, who would want to? Uh, who am I? You know, my stuff isn't as good as his. And how did you get over that? Well, there wasn't are you, so much. Or are you still getting over it? Well, actually, it wasn't so much comparing <clears throat> myself to Sid. I mean, he's to me in a class way up sure. there. I was the biggest problem. I was the biggest obstacle because it took years <clears throat> until I put this book together to own the title of the doodle lady, which I now have trademarked <laughs> because it sounds so, so mindless and frivolous and it doesn't sound important. Uh, other now work I've official. done sounded important. Trademarked, it must be important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, Adrian, Adrian is writing her memoirs. Oh. Adrian doesn't want to call it a book. For a long, I've got, I've really, sort of got two things going. I've got a memoir and then I have stories about different really interesting people that have been in my life. And I don't think they could, they, it started as, um, 
they were to be included in the, in the memoir, but then they took on a life of their own. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you know, the thing about writing versus yeah, the thing bet- the, the thing about writing versus doodling is a lot of people think they can't write and they won't pick up a pen and even try to write. But doodling should be freer and freeing. I find writing freeing, but that's me. Uh, I'm I'm not intimidated by words, but other people are. And uh, I don't see how you can be intimidated by a doodle when they when they are told, everybody's got one. you know, do whatever you want to do, you know, <laughs> just just put pen to paper and come up with anything. You know, I, I tell you there, what I I appreciate is there's more days behind me than than ahead of me. And I mean, I'm quite honestly, I'm 72 and I feel like. I want this book out there and I have something to share and there's words in there and, and, you know, um, if it can offer somebody, you know, uh, a a bit of nourishment for their soul, I really want it out there. Um, So that's what's really pushed me to go ahead and do it and just at least um, enjoy the humorous part of it, namely the fact that doodling just sounds like a fun, mindless little thing. I have tried writing a whole book about my my uncle, and that for me was that's a lot of work. That's um, work, yeah. That was work because I never considered myself a writer, um, but I discovered that I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, you. who would have ever thought? <laughs> We're the same age. <laughs> We're. And we're still out there spreading our purposes. So Adrian, you are a writer, obviously, by your own admission. Yes? Yes. What do you have against a book versus a memoir? Oh, no. This, I'm not saying that there's a difference between a book and a memoir. A memoir can can be a, become a book. Uh, people do write memoirs with the intention of their becoming a book. I started writing my memoir just for posterity so my niece and nephew would sort of know about my life and and what I was all about because they didn't know me with my first husband and Mm -hmm. uh, the journeys in Africa and chimps and all of that stuff. So (laughs) there's a lot of color in the memoir. Um, There's also a lot of color in the the profiles that I'm doing, um, but they they ended up separating themselves. They're both books. If 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 I wanted to publish them, they would both be books. So your intention is not to publish it. That was not my intention when I started. So. Not really. If it ends up being published, it's a that's shame fine. because I would I would love to read it. I, and your story is so colorful and so unusual. <laughs> I mean, the things that you did—you went to Africa and all these places when you were younger. And yes, just doing. I, when I was, you would never know it. And and to deny the world right. that joy of reading your story, Adrian. Let but me slap how many you. people? But Get nobody over it. knows me. No. 
Well, that's because they didn't read you yet. But once you're published, <laughs> they will be introduced to Adrian Gruberg. <laughs> yes. You know, we are our stories and we have so much, you know, people just, when I was writing and putting the book together about my uncle, I discovered, oh my goodness, what a rich and colorful life he had. And I had no yeah. idea how he impacted the world through his contribution. And we cannot afford to lose people that have rich stories and want to share them with the world. I, I think those people have laid the groundwork for where we are today and there's just so much value so i encourage you to do it let me know and i'll be happy okay where are you because if you don't do, do you it adrian someone will do it uh, one no of your one's loved gonna ones. write a book about me no they will take <laughs> your memoirs and say oh my god this needs to <laughs> be published they will publish it. <laughs> but isn't it best to do it while you're still alive <laughs> yes well don't let them publish it after <laughs> you're gone <laughs> no i wouldn't uh, although then I wouldn't care if they published it. This is what connects us. I mean, advice. we are connected through our stories and we're connect. This is, this is how we can come together as a global community by sharing our stories. There's rich lessons yes. and, um, you know, praise we have to offer one another and yeah. mentoring. I mean, this on, a- on my website, I really encourage people to write. That's something that, that I've always I've always thought the page listens uh, when when you journal. And, and this is a silly question. So much out. What? This is a silly question, but have you ever read a book of and you didn't personally know the author? Of course. Of course. Well, see, that's just what you said. Well, nobody but knows. But those me. are novels to... or biographies of famous people. Um, have I ever read a biography of somebody that I'd never Ooh. even heard of? Yeah, it wasn't famous. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. But then you are famous. You're the creator of the caregiver space. So you have 165,000 <laughs> people who believe you to be famous <laughs> and growing, yes. All right, you've just got to get over the who am I's. Oh, who am okay. I that I should, you know. <laughs> I've been talking to her this way for years because she just... <laughs> there are so many books out there. The last thing the world needs is another book. <laughs> that's right. No, the, what they need, your book. That's what they need. All well, right, enough. That's what Donna Thompson says anyway. <laughs> oh, you mean I'm not the only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. Uh, Donna Thompson said that on oh. your show. Well, you have a good memory. All right. Well, let's let's move on. I think the we've come to the end of the hour. And so, Carol, thank you so much for coming on. You've already told us how we can get a hold of you. Uh, your website, right? And uh, email. Did you do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. And, Adrian, if we want to get a hold of you and someday it's... read your book, you would go to where? <laughs> it's Adrian at the caregiver space dot Org. org and uh, the website's thecaregiverspace.org and we have just uh, restarted our forums on the caregiver space oh, as well a, as a Facebook one of those. Yeah. as well as Facebook um, because right now there I think there are lots of people who 
have sort yeah. of had it with Facebook and all of the intrusive <laughs> advertising. And yes, we're just yes. like, I mean, when I when I conceived the website, it was supposed to be totally ad free, and you know, without anything that would bother the caregiver. They need they needed a respite space, and yeah. so we're going back to trying trying to do that again. The forums were successful, and hopefully they will be again. Well, let me know if you need someone to lead a, the male caregiver forum, since that's Ooh. such a minority. All right. I, I did that for a while, remember? And not many people showed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, All I'm, right. starting, I'm starting to do it on Zoom. Oh, good. Good, yeah. good, good. Well, I'm Caregiver Dave uh, at caregiverdave.com, and that's your one-stop shopping. You go there, and it's a <laughs> membership website. You can join and have uh, online support, and we're giving away three free gifts for anyone who goes and visits there. They're yours for the taking. Um, so that's it for today. So I think uh, thank you again, everybody. Thank you, everyone who tunes in. Thank you to my guests and my co-host, Adrian. And just God bless everyone, and stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Stay like, safe. For 20 seconds, lather up and uh, use Sing hot water. Sing happy birthday. Whose sing birthday happy birthday. No, when you sing happy birthday, it takes oh, 20 seconds. Oh, sing happy birthday. <laughs> just, just one verse, right? Okay. Sing happy birthday. I'll remember that one. Thank you. God bless everybody. Bye-bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. 